Welcome to Motherhood Every Kind of Way. We want to take a closer look at the journeys of women after and through motherhood. Hello everyone, this is Magda. It is a peaceful, slow, snowy Sunday afternoon here in Chicago. My husband took the boys for a school play date and I'm here in my living room with Diet Lambert talking all things motherhood. Diet Lambert is a mom of three kids, two boys ages two and four, and a seven-month-old baby girl. She works full-time as an administrator of a residential building affiliated with the University of Chicago and has been married to a wonderful man for 11 years. She is originally from central Illinois and a country girl at heart. My favorite thing about Diet? Well, lots of things, but I absolutely love how honest and real she is about being a mom. Thank you for listening and spending your time with us. So I am here with Diet Lambert. Hello. Um, I was actually thinking, you know, when I was thinking about recording this episode with you, that you were probably the very first, one of the very first few moms that I connected with when I had my Adrian five years ago. But I couldn't remember how we actually met. Do you remember? I do. So I actually met you in your home. I came to Adrian's first birthday party. Yes. And I'm trying to remember who dragged me along. I think it was Fernanda. Yes. Yes. Oh, she was I like she was my now. neighbor and mm-hmm. she was like, "Oh, I'm going to this birthday." Oh, it's fine. She won't care. I'm like, "Okay, let's go." Yes. So, I remember and I yeah. remember you had beautiful long hair. <laughs> I and did I have long hair. Hogan had spiky light hair. He was yep. the cutest baby ever. He was yeah. really upset that night. Do you remember that? He was just like sobbing and I couldn't figure out yes, why. Yeah, I remember. I was like, uh-huh. what is wrong? But, yeah. yeah, I remember this. Yes, yes, it was Adrian's first birthday yeah, party. that's how yes. I met you. I showed up to to your son's birthday party and you had no idea who I was. No, and I, you a know, friend I don't of a remember friend. like being like shocked. No, I like, felt so welcomed. I yeah, really okay, did. Yeah, good. <laughs> well, so that's how we met. Yeah. And I guess so that was Four years ago. Four years ago. So I wanted to ask you to, you know, tell me a little bit more, because I know like bits and pieces of your life, because we've both been in Hyde Park for quite a while. Mm -hmm. So I know like, you know, some detail from your life before you became a mom, but not, not a lot. So I'd love for you to tell us, you know, a little bit more about yourself before you became a mom and how becoming a mom has changed you. Okay, so there are actually a lot of similarities. I am and have always been a huge homebody, so (laughs) love to be at home. I mean, I would just spend my weekends cleaning and then like watching movies, reading Mm -hmm. books, running errands. I never went out and did a whole lot of exciting things, so... That has not changed too much except for now instead of enjoying all of my introverted time. (laughs) I basically have none and the cleaning has also drastically decreased even Mm -hmm. though it probably needs to increase with three littles. I've been married 11 years so uh, my husband and I met in Missouri and we were there until we moved to Hyde Park. Is that where your families are from? So no, I'm from central Illinois um, and I went to Kirksville, Missouri to go to Truman State University for... 
um, my undergraduate. And that's not only where my husband went to school, but that's where he's from. He's from the town that the oh. college is in. His oh, entire okay. family is there. So that's where we met. And he's actually a few years younger than me. I would never have guessed that. Yeah, I, I know. He's Mark. Yeah, he's always seemed, you know, not mm-hmm. older necessarily, but at least my age. But um, he was friends with all of my friends because they all worked at Subway together. Uh, kind of met through friends, actually, who were my age. He was mm-hmm. the young one. So. Oh, fun. Yeah. Love. Um, years together we had kids about six years in or so mm-hmm. so we were married for about six years i think before we had kids mm-hmm. so because you have three kids yes hogan is about adrian's age mm-hmm. and then valen and you have a baby girl baby girl finally got a girl yeah, <laughs> yeah i mean really my life doesn't look that much different other than i could just i could totally be a hermit live out live out somewhere by myself and just it would take me a while to get bored of that um so that's the main difference is just I don't really get any of that alone mm-hmm. time anymore well, which when I miss I miss it a lot people. yeah so mm-hmm. I mean that's really the main difference I worked full-time before I had kids and took a few years off from that but I am back to that now yeah and until um I know that You've always, and I think I saw it maybe somewhere, you know, on your social media where you were always very happy to have that work and life balance where you uh, were so happy to be back at work and then, but then you were happy at your home and with your kids. Right. I worked part-time for three years. Mm -hmm. So, and now that I'm full-time again, and I was kind of full-time so when I had my first child, I was kind of full-time for a year home at home. Mm-hmm. Then I worked part-time for three years. Now I'm full-time back at work. So I've seen the spectrum. Mm-hmm. That Those three years part-time were just beautiful. That is really a great balance for me. I worked about 20 hours a week and it just, mm-hmm. and my hours, I could completely set my own schedule. So some mm-hmm. days I worked afternoons, some days I worked mornings. It allowed me to take my kids to their therapy appointments and do those things without worrying about missing work. And it was just a great balance because for me if I'm at home all the time I get jaded with that very quickly mm-hmm. I am naturally a short-tempered person I am not a patient person and so very quickly I turn into this mean mom monster who's just I I just don't deal with it well it's like mm-hmm. being with them all the time is too much for me but I found that being back at work full-time I loved it at first mm-hmm. but then the new kind of wore off and I still if I had to choose full-time or at home or full-time at work I would choose full-time at work mm-hmm. because I just do better that way. Uh, so the part-time was great for me. And that's, I think, what you're referencing mm-hmm. maybe on the social media is just, you know, I could take my kids to the park mm-hmm. on a beautiful day and yet still go get some work in. It was just really nice. Yes. It, it does sound like, at least for a while there, you had that kind of dream, or not dream, but... Right. You know, Nothing's a dream. Nothing's a, yeah. I'm going to ask <laughs> you about your dream art motherhood in a little bit, but this sort of ideal scenario that a lot of us are aspiring to Mm -hmm. they want you know a lot of us myself included I am in in this point where I want to have time with my kids but I also want to do something outside of motherhood for me I just really it was a thing I fell into and Mm -hmm. I mean it was a part-time job I worked as little as 15 hours at some points and it still came with benefits retirement, etc. So it's, it was a really unique Mm -hmm. job and, uh, that's where I still am. I just went full time. So, so. okay. So tell us, what do you do to (laughs) yet? 
<laughs> we talked about your schedule and how it, right, allowed, right, you know, right. it allowed you the flexibility when you needed it. But what do you do? <laughs> so I'm currently administrator at the Disciples mm-hmm. Divinity House, which is an affili- institution affiliated with the University of Chicago Divinity School. So we support students in theological education is, mm-hmm. is the gist of it. There are 20 students that live in the house. Um, but I'm administrator there, so I do everything from mm-hmm. calling the plumbers, you know, to bo- doing all the bookkeeping. I love it. It's a huge variety of things that I do. Mm-hmm. Every so it day is different. You in different. It does, and yet, I mean, right? There are people pop into the office. My office is also like the copy room, and so there's just people in and out. It's mm-hmm. something different every day. I love that. I get bored very quickly. Mm-hmm. I like to feel challenged, and I have to have something to do. I can't mm-hmm. stand working a job where I'm just sitting and twiddling, mm-hmm. you know, like looking for something to do. But that's different than than what you were saying before that you could just be by yourself reading books. Sure. And it sounds you I I almost saw a smile and and that happiness radiating from you when you were talking about like different people coming in asking questions right, right. you know that they're being tasked that challenge you in different ways unexpected ways so I'm not a complete introvert right yeah. okay. I do enjoy people um and yet it's kind of I feel like every day at work is a mini vacation just because mm-hmm. I get to eat lunch when I want and I eat uninterrupted. Yes. And I mean, mm-hmm. it's all the little things, right? I get to control my office environment. You know, I get to have things where I want them. And yeah. it's just all of the things that you don't get at home with three small kids. Um, so when I started working there, I it was actually a grant, a two-year grant position. Mm-hmm. I was assistant administrator and I assisted the dean with various projects. When that those two years were up, they kept me on at an because extra, they loved you at an extra year <laughs> uh-huh. because they loved me, I suppose, but also because we all knew that the administrator was retiring in a year. Mm-hmm. So they kept me on out of pocket cost for them because the grant was paying for the mm-hmm. first two years with the expectation that when uh, Marsha retired, I would step up as administrator, be promoted. So it was just really perfect. I mean, Marsha had been there for 18 years, so this was just a perfect, it's just a God thing. So I'm still there. It's a really wonderful place to work. I'm very happy in my job. You know, if I I have to, if I'm going to work full-time somewhere, this is kind of my dream job, to be honest. close to home. Do you walk to work? I walk to work. Three blocks. Three blocks. Yeah. So it's wonderful. Yeah, you definitely seem very happy. And you've always seemed happy. I've worked since I was about 14. So I've worked a lot Mm -hmm. of different types of jobs. And I know a good thing when I have it now. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Hopefully I'll get there one day. (laughs) Okay, so I know you already kind of hinted at the fact that there is no such a thing as dream anything. No. But if you... if you could describe dream motherhood, what would dream motherhood look like to you? Right. This is just imagining, right? Yes, because I uh-huh. found that even when something seems like a dream, when you actually live it, it seems like the grass is always greener. But for me thinking about it now with three little kids living in a third floor walk-up apartment with no washer and dryer and unit, no dishwasher, you know... Dream motherhood to me just sounds like a house out in the country where my kids can just go play. I don't have to worry about them getting hit by a car. Mm-hmm. I don't have to have yes. you know watch the, watch them constantly be vigilant that they stay by me, stay on the sidewalk, you know. I feel like that would be freeing for all of us in so many ways mm-hmm. just to even have a fenced-in backyard or something where they can just go play outside, yes. get that vitamin D. 
and we can all just relax a little bit. Um, I grew up in the country. I'm a country girl at heart. So um, I feel like location would be a big part of it. You know, perfect world. The kids entertain themselves. We all play happily together. <laughs> we bake things in the kitchen without it being a complete disaster oh, and me yes, losing my temper and yelling at them when it should have been a fun experience. You know, all of those little details. But, I mean, yeah, that's that's what I think of when you ask me that question. But, really, I, I know better than to wish away what I have. Mm-hmm. I mean, you really just have to make what you have now Yes. Perfect. You know, in its exactly. imperfect ways. Yes. Make your imperfect perfect. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I love what you just said. Cause, you know, I'm I'm in that point where this is exactly what I'm beginning to realize. And I think I was even um, listening to a podcast. Actually, you know what? It was a podcast, but they were talking about a book. And I don't know if you read it. I know you read a lot, so maybe you read it. It's the book called Girl, Wash Your Face. It's on my list, but yes, I haven't read it yet. It's on my, gonna... I have a long list of books I want to read, and it's on yes, there. So yeah. it is on my list now, too, because even based on that, you know, the review that was discussed in that podcast, there were a lot of, you know, points and thoughts that are currently going through my head. And one of the things is that you have to find ways to be happy with what you have. You know, it's, it's like little kids. My agent is now constantly asking for toys. And I keep telling him, like, dude, you have a room full of yeah. toys. you got to find yeah. ways to be happy yeah. with what you have. And you know what? I should be you know, living what I preach. Right. It's, yeah, it's easier said than done. Yeah, it, it it's, is. But it's interesting. I love that you said that. Yeah, but I've, I've really come to that a lot lately because I have a seven-month-old and she's mm-hmm. our last. And so as she's outgrowing these, she's hitting these milestones, right? Like she's sitting up now. It's like, I'm never going to have a little baby that just like lays on the floor. And, you know, it's really making me realize just this is such a hard, but such a tiny little part of our lives. It goes by so fast. I mean, it's just going to be over so fast. And part of me wants that change. You know, I want that where I've got more time to be an introvert and I don't have all these little hands needing me all the time. Absolutely. But I know that I will miss it for a mm-hmm. fact. Like I'll even look at the bottle drying rack that these bottles we yes. have to wash every night by hand. And I'm like, you know, I'm going to miss that someday. Mm-hmm. A little part of me will miss that someday. And so just knowing that we've had our last and I don't know, just seeing how fast she's growing up, it just makes me Absolutely. realize that like, this is going to go by fast. Everyone tells you that, right? Like, oh, enjoy it. You'll miss it one day. You hear that all the time, but I'm you really can, actually feeling that yes. now. And you know, you kind of have to live through it to internalize it. Mm-hmm. I learned that because there are so many things that people also tell me that message included where, you know, enjoy it while it lasts. Right. And I sure have seen it with my five-year-old. I am now seeing with Julian, who will be two, and it really just goes by so fast. It does. So, but when you are in the thick of it, it's sometimes just hard to see through the fog. There are a lot of moments every day where I am definitely not enjoying it, but I try yeah. to hold on to those ones where mm-hmm. I something will make me smile. You know, mm-hmm. like, they'll just... This morning, uh, Mark asked Hogan what he wanted for breakfast. Or no, what kind of jello he wanted, orange or pineapple? And Hogan said, um, my brain is telling me I want pineapple. You know, <laughs> it's just like... Where does he come up with this stuff? It's just those little tiny things is when yes. I when I when I feel that 
pure enjoyment mm-hmm. of it. You know, it's and there it's little glimpses here and there. It's yeah, it's not the bulk of the day, but yes. yeah, it's just those little things. I'll smile and just be like, oh, this is great. You know, this is really great, and yes, and it's fleeting, absolutely. but. Diane, what societal or cultural messages about motherhood frustrate you and how would you like to see them change? I think the main thing for me is just this mentality of like more is more. You know, all of the the play dates and the activities and the toys and these Big outings, you know, I, I'm, I subscribe electronically to the Chicago Parent Newsletter, which I love because there's so much good stuff in there. But it's like 30 Absolutely. fun things to do this weekend yes. <laughs> because we live in such a big city. There is so much to do. And it just completely overwhelms me. And from what I've observed in my own kids, and it's it, this is just like everything else, each to his own. Some families thrive on being busy, and that's great. Oh, sure. Mm-hmm. We do not. And so, you know, I really feel like for us, less is more. I will see how just emotionally and physically spent my kids are on Friday after five days of daycare and school, and we are rushing in the morning to get out the door, and we are rushing when we get home to eat dinner and get to bed. It's just nonstop. We don't have a moment to just, I don't have a moment, literally, it feels like sometimes all week to sit and just play with my kids Absolutely. it's it's sad mm-hmm. so that on the weekends I feel pull I, I feel everyone's trying to pull me you know in all these directions and there's all these great things to do and oh I'm depriving my kids by no. not taking mm-hmm. them to these things but I found that on the Saturdays when we have nothing to do we make it a point to not feel like we have to make it to the zoo or make it you know and we're all so much happier the best There's another question I wanted to ask you. What do you do well? Is there, do you have a superpower as a mom? I don't know um, if you would call it a superpower, but people will often say things like, how are you, you know, how do you get all of the stuff done? How are you on top of it? Um, I had a student Uh tell me that she, as a student, and she was like, I don't feel like I'm barely holding my life together. Like, how are you remembering this thing? And you've got three kids, you know, um, and I actually attribute it to my impatience, um, which is something I've always considered yes. to be a negative quality. But mm-hmm. I've recently, since going back to work full-time, connected that while it is a negative quality in a lot of ways, it's also the same driving factor that helps me knock out these things on my to-do list. Absolutely. I write everything down, so my calendar is definitely a big part of it. And I feel like I am pretty on top of managing the appointments and the when the daycare is closed and what needs to be done and all of that. Oh, I, I love that because we tend to think of being impatient as... right. A bad thing. It's a weakness, and it, right? And it is in some ways. I and mean, I, I love to put but... it in a different perspective, yeah. uh, you know, as a as an employee and as a mother that, right. you know, makes you the glue of your family. So I know you are super busy. You have a full-time job. You have three kids. But I am dying to know what is, and if you even have self-care routine, is there anything that you do outside of motherhood? failure outside of motherhood um (laughs) well I definitely try to watch a show or do some reading before I go to bed every night that's like my me time I have to have that I found if I try to when I used to try to fill that time with chores or whatnot 
I just very quickly got burnout. It's like I woke up in the morning on edge. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So sounds familiar. Yeah, I really try to make sure when they get down to bed, like seven thirty eight. I'm often not far behind them, but I really do, to the best of my ability, try to do something, even if it's twenty minutes. You know, just to kind of refill me a little bit. You know, work honestly is kind of a selfish thing. Yeah, we need the money, of course, but I really do feel like it's a mini vacation away from my kids every day. You know, when I'm home with them all day, by the end of the day, I'm just, (laughs) you almost don't want to be around me. I mean, I'm just, I'm done. Short with my husband, like, you do this, you know, it's kind of like, I've been doing this all day, you know, and it's, of course he will do it, you know, it's, but I'm just at my wits end and to go to work. Like I said, I get to control my environment there. I get to eat lunch when I want with a, without interruption. So that's honestly, it refills me as well. That's about all I get to do yeah. away from my kids. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> so I, I remember that thing about, I, I, I remember this fact about you that you love to read. You always have an ongoing to read list. I do. What 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 are you reading right now? Right now, oh my what, gosh! What <laughs> right so now right now, thing. I'm actually reading this um, memoir of a man from Missouri, which is where my husband is from, who had leprosy um, because this is what my this is what my husband studies. So he studies leprosy and the like mental illness all connected with religion um he's getting a phd in theology so how different so he was like you have to read this book yes. and it's been sitting on a stack of magazines for quite a while now and i was finally like okay let me read this thing and it's interesting and how, yeah, yeah it's i like memoirs you okay. know i like i like nonfiction. so mm-hmm. um yeah me too yeah that's what <laughs> that is what i'm reading uh, kind of not probably what you expected to hear. Not but. at all. But, you know, <laughs> yeah. again, like I remember that you 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 have you love to read. So I do. I don't do it nearly as much as I wish I could. Is there a topic related to motherhood or relationships or you know career or family that you wish we as a society talked about more? I think. Just doing what you need to do. (laughs) Yeah. You know, uh, just kind of what I was talking about earlier with the comparison thing. This world is made up of so many different kinds of people. Yes. To think that we are all going to do things the same way is just foolish. And to think that the way that you're doing it or that I'm doing it is the the right way way Mm -hmm. is just ignorant. You know, I've had people judge me for so many things. My family, my mom, my aunts, you know, one example, co-sleeping. You know what? Co-sleeping worked for me and it is still working for me with my third child. She's seven months old because I've never gone through that sleep deprived state. You need to nurse five times in the night. Here's the boob. I'm going back to sleep. It has worked so well for me. You want to judge me for that because you think I'm ruining my child or because I'm, you know, they're not going to be independent or any number of reasons. Go ahead. It's working for me. I am bright-eyed and not sleep-deprived, so you can talk to somebody else about it. But, you know, that kind of thing, it's just people have an idea in their head of of what is right and what's wrong because of what worked for them. Well, what worked for you is not necessarily going to work for me, and as long as I'm not abusing my children or doing things that are really actually wrong, like that we can all pretty much agree on are wrong, leave me be, you know, and... 
that's a big one. I just, that's, if I go to a baby shower and they go around and have everybody give a piece of advice, that will be my piece of advice to the new mom is just do what works for you and tune everybody out. And I've had to learn some really rough lessons with that. Like I've done things that I regret with my children because of those outside voices. You know, I can't, there's, there's something in my head with my first with Hogan and I can't think of it right now what it was Maybe I'll but it's in there it's in I know it was with him and I know it's when he was under a year old and something that I, I can't think of exactly what it was but in hindsight it was like why did I you know why did I let oh I know what it was it was taking him to this daycare and I won't name it because it's been a great place for a lot of people again different strokes yes, for different folks absolutely. for us I knew immediately when we went to tour it that it was not a nurturing enough place. And Hogan's a pretty sensitive little guy. And again, I can hear these voices in my head. Oh, you're raising a snowflake or whatever, you know. But no, uh, I'm not going to take my son to somewhere that is going to crush him. And I did. I took him two times. It took me two days there of the second day, him crying nonstop for three or four hours, which he had never done ever before. And it took me that second day to finally get, you know, get my confidence up and say, this is not a good place for him. And I wish I'd never put him through that, mm-hmm. you know, and it's fine. The world didn't end, but was had I to go through that now, I think I would have known from the outset, this isn't going to work, but the price was right. You know, it was very, it was very, very close on, to my job, yeah. right? It was like, oh, so these things. But I knew in my gut that for him, personally, emotionally, it was not a good fit. And so ever since you trust your intuition, you trust your I try to. I probably had another small, you know, slip here or there, but... I really do try to. And that's hard for me. I'm very much a people pleaser, Mm -hmm. um, which plays into it. You know, I don't want to, you know, offend someone or whatever by making this decision. But in the end, like when it comes to my kids, if I'm ever going to be self-assured and confident and speak out, it's going to be something regarding them because I will stand up for them even when I won't stand up for myself. And standing up for them is helping me be better about standing up for myself too. Having confidence that what you're doing, it's working for you. Don't worry about everybody else, you know? And that's hard now because of the social media. And if you want to Google how to do this certain aspect of parenting, you can read 20 different opinions. And they'll all try to convince you that theirs is the right way. And... And especially when you're a new mom and, yes. you know, you, a lot of us, and this is certainly my case also, you feel insecure. You don't know what you're doing, what you're supposed to be doing. Right. And there are, now I have two children that are completely different. Yes. And if, you know, I could probably argue they, you know, they're come from like different, different families because... Because they're that different. But my my first child was very difficult. And, you know, people felt like they they could just give me advice to make... And, you know, and I appreciate the advice. I know they meant well. But it made me feel like there was something I wasn't doing. Or I wasn't doing right. That my kid was screaming all this time. That he wasn't sleeping through the night. Right. Now, I you know, I have a second child who is so different. Had been so different all along. And having that second child gave me the confidence to be... The mom that I think my kids need. Right. Not the the mom that I thought I should be, you know, based on everybody telling me, you know, what motherhood is, what I read on, you know, I don't even Google things anymore. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I try to refrain from that too, because it just gets scary. me, it gets, yes. I feel overwhelmed. I feel incompetent. Yeah. Maybe because we're so hard on ourselves as, as mother, mm-hmm. we want to be the best. We want to be perceived as, you know, the ones that are doing the best they can, that sometimes it just 
gets in the way and it makes us feel like you know insecure in a sense about being a mom but you are a, a mom times three and um, <laughs> uh, it's a little hairy at times <laughs> I can only imagine. I mean yeah I have some real low moments where I am not proud of because being a mom of three is so demanding yeah I, I love <laughs> talking to you I would love to you know spend more time with you and I'd love to stay in touch and um absolutely it was a real pleasure. Thank I you. I enjoyed the conversation. Thanks for having yes. me. Yes. Thank you so yeah. much, Diane. Thank you so much for dedicating your time and listening to us. The moms you hear from on our podcast are encouraged to speak honestly and unapologetically about their experiences and choices. But the stories and points of view heard here do not reflect any official view of our podcast. We hope that being a part of these conversations will encourage all of us to turn towards ourselves and embrace motherhood our kind of way. Please follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Motherhood Every Kind of Way or email us at MotherhoodEveryKindOfWay at gmail.com. And a special thanks to Bea Serene for letting us use your beautiful music. Music.